0: Well, now that we have our hearts prepared for the receiving of the Word of God, we'll be going into a a little bit different study for uh, a few weeks. Since we are out of the book of 2 Corinthians, we just finished last week. And so we're going to be dealing with a, a famous chapter out of the Bible, a kind of a jewel. It's called the Hall of Faith. It's Hebrews chapter 11. And it's about faith, faith, and that is what we are. If we are Christians, we are people of the faith, aren't we? I want you to imagine yourself going online, going on the net, and then buying. Uh, how about an iPad? You see an iPad, you go, "Whoa, I got to have this iPad!" So you fill out all the information, do your credit card thing, then you get a confirmation in, uh, in the email, right, telling you that that's gone through. So it's like another day later, and you get another email from UPS or FedEx. And it's telling you that it is now on the truck, and it'll be arriving tomorrow. Getting some pretty good facts here, right? And you wait, and the next day you get an email, and it says that it's on the truck, and it's on its way to your house. And it's actually going to your house. And you're at work, but you have somebody at your house that's going to be there, and they sign for it. And if you want to, you'll find out that even in their procedure, they even have record of that. And now they say that it's been signed for. So now you, you, you just know, you believe that it's at your house. And all of these things, you've been giving a lot of information that you know years ago you wouldn't have had any of that. You just never know when it's going to come. You know, it just shows up. Uh, Or it may not show up. So, anyway, the one who was at home now gives you a text on your phone, uh, gives you a message, and says that it is at your house. And so, more information is there. And so, you now are a couple hours later, you're on your way home, and you figure, hey, I want to go get uh, a real cool case for that iPad. And so you get it, knowing full well that I'm, I'm, I am am just for sure that that iPad is there. Now why, why are you so sure? How do you know that? You haven't seen it. You haven't touched it. But you sure have gotten a lot of information, haven't you? So you you go there counting on that. You buy the case. And you just know it's yours. It's your, You don't have it in your hand. You don't see it. You don't feel it but you know it's yours, and you know by tonight you're going to be using that iPad. You just know it for sure. I mean, it's better than just, oh, well, I hope it's there. No, you, you, just, you really believe that it's there. You're believing something that you really haven't seen yet. Well, what you have here is evidence that leads to knowledge that gives you assurance of things you can't see even though you have one step after another that has been given to you good, accurate information that you can count on. And so because of that, you can believe that you're going to get that iPad and use it tonight. So, it's evidence that leads to knowledge that gives you assurance of things you can't see. And that's an idea of faith. Now, Christian life is a life of faith. It's always living by faith, isn't it? That's what our lives are about. It's not some kind of ethereal faith, some kind of faith that is up in the clouds somewhere, or it's not a faith in faith. If I just believe hard enough, it'll come true, right? It's not that. But it is anchored in reality. In what is real, there's an anchor there that is true, it's real, it's rooted and centered in the person of Christ. You know, without a doubt, that's the way it is. Now, there's a lot of philosophies in uh, all the wisdom today that people are checking into, but the thing is, people need to really know the basic fundamentals of life or the basic fundamentals of faith, really. Because everybody actually lives by faith, In a sense, because whenever you go, wake up of a morning, you have faith that when you turn that water on uh, in the bathroom, that it's going to come out. You don't even think about it. You go like that and it comes out. But you have faith in that. And you have faith to even drink that water, to splash it on your face and everything, you know? You really have faith that that's going to come through, don't you? Um, because you know you 've seen it it 's done it before, it did, everybody has that you know so that works that way. You have faith that when you open up a bag of potato chips there 's not some kind of arsenic in there. You have faith that that you know you can eat that and it it 'd be okay um, so you know everybody lives by faith, but there are fundamental truths that Christians have to have. They have to know who God is, who Jesus Christ is. There are deep truths that He, the person of Christ, is in you, and you are in Him. And that's that's dealing with basic fundamentals. Do you, do you know who God is, really is? How do you know that? Well, because of the information that you have been given. You remember the the iPad and the ordering of that? You've got plenty of information to really believe that that was there at your house. Well, here we have plenty of information in the Word of God to believe that this is really true. That all these things are. But it can be confusing today. There are many bestsellers out in the bookstores. Believe me, I know about that a little bit. Uh, How to increase your faith. How to have more faith. Or how to have the kind of faith that will move mountains, those kind, but it behooves us today and always, every day, to find out what God really says about faith. What is it? How it functions, how it operates. We have to be grounded in that. Now In Hebrews 11, we know it's the Hall of Faith and it starts off just that way right off the bat. Now, faith is, right? And we'll be reading that pretty shortly. At the end of chapter 10 is how we get into chapter 11. Now, that's pretty profound, isn't it? (laughs) But you can see what it says at the end of chapter 10 if you look in verse 38. But my righteous one shall live by faith. Now, that's written in Hebrews... The Hebrew writer put that there, but he actually is quoting from a text in the Old Testament. It's found in Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. It's also found in um, Romans, chapter 1. So we see it in, in other places. The righteous ones, his righteous ones, or the just, shall live by faith. They live by faith. Uh, We don't live by works. We live by faith. That's what we're built upon. So you see the connection, don't you, as we look at verse 38, My righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no treasure in him. That sounds like what Hebrews have been doing all along. There are warnings. Okay, here are the ones that are really real. They have true faith. There are other people that are standing in the middle. They know all the Judaism's and they've heard about Christianity and they've heard some truths and they've tasted it. They've experienced it. But they didn't come all the way over. They really weren't true Christians. They didn't have the absolute faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what the Hebrew writer is doing. He's inviting them to come over. You know, Don't taste of Christ. Partake of Him. Let him eat of Christ. You know, take Him into your life all all-holy. So, my righteous one shall live by faith, but if he shrinks back, then it's going to show that that one did not really have faith. And then verse 39, but we are not of those who are we. It's the true Christians. We are not who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to, to the preserving of the soul. It's the ones who have faith They are the righteous ones. The righteous ones shall live by faith. That means every day. Counting on God. Trusting in God. Sometimes it's easy to trust God. There are other times where we're not so sure, but we trust Him anyway. So that's what we're talking about. This solid hope in this spiritual condition. You have faith. You live by that. The righteous ones do. If you're really of Christ, you will live by that. So, this is how he gets this across. um, As he now will, uh, as the chapter 11 develops, he will use the saints of the Old Testament. Of course, you think of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You think of Moses and David and on and on and on. We get a whole host of them the ones who lived by faith. And so that's very encouraging. There are illustrations that are just loads this chapter up. And so for the next few weeks that's what we're going to be looking at and it's and it's real. I mean these people were real people just like us. Just as real people, just people. And they trusted in God. Now, it's hard to understand faith today because sometimes it's very confusing because the world has different ways of bringing out faith. And first of all, let's start in the world. In in the world, there are religions. Let's take Islam, who we hear about every day anymore, don't we? We could say this, you know, I really think it's a good religion. It's a good thing. It ought to be respected. I could say that. But can I truthfully say that? knowing what Jesus said about Him and Him being the only way, and what the Bible says about Christ, versus what the Quran says about Christianity, and anything else for that matter. There's nothing good about anything that leads you away from Christ. There's nothing good about Islam. Not at the core and what it is about. There's nothing good there. It's not related to the truth of the Scripture. It's a distorted view that the world offers. Even in Christianity, there's a distorted view uh, about faith in Christ. Uh, Really, the the greatest danger to the Christian church really is not Islam. Even though it seems like it, they definitely are enemies of uh, Christians and they kill Christians. But what really hurts Christianity is a false view of reality or faith. I'm going to be using reality here along with faith quite a bit here today. And one view is called fatalism. I say what's fatalism? What well, says that chance and chaos combine together and they make reality. That's really what most scientists of our day believes. That's what most of our educators whether it be uh, grade school, high school, college, most of those. As a matter of fact, if you believe in intelligent design, there's a good chance that you're not going to be working for that university when they find out. And that has been documented all throughout uh, many of the universities in the United States. So, it's the view of the evolutionist and the scientist today, and that view is actually a faith. It, it, you're believing, you're trusting in the fact that there was nothing, and out of nothing, absolutely nothing, came something. And came those enzymes and proteins and amino acids that is a must to make materials, to make life, right? And so, guess what? That is quite a faith to believe in. It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does in the Bible. Uh, That's one view, it's fatalism. There's another one, it's uh, the confusion that's in the church today. It's called fantasy. And it's a view of reality is what we want to make reality to be. If you just take words and you speak certain words, you can make something happen because you spoke those words existentialism is what it is, uh, comes from faith teachers. Now, you know. It's, I want to learn what faith is, so I'm going to go to the faith teachers and they'll tell me, right? Because they're faith teachers. But it's taking something that doesn't exist, and if you believe hard enough, it will exist. Whatever your mind can conceive, you can achieve. If you just believe strong enough. If I believe hard enough, if I really believe in this, it's nothing more than wishing. There's a lot of difference between wishing and having faith, isn't there? Um, there it's, we're, we're talking reality. There are some people who do not believe that suffering and difficulty and adversity should be a part of anyone who is a Christian. My. That distorts the view of all the Old Testament. Distorts the view of what happened to Jesus Christ. It distorts the view of Paul and all the apostles and all the church history because those things do happen. And whether it be uh, suffering, persecution, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Those are certain things that are statements. Um, i heard a preacher say that if Paul had enough faith... He wouldn't have had to go through all those trials and tribulations and through prisons and persecutions and everything that happened to Him. He would not have had to go through that if He would have just had enough faith. So that is being defined in the Christian circles, but is that reality? Is it reality? That's actually blasphemous. It's a reality that cannot make something that does not exist happen by faith. Then there's a third one. And the third one is the only right view of reality. It's called faith, biblical faith, Christian faith. It's a view of reality. It's a correct view of reality based upon facts and evidences of the Bible which are spiritually discerned. We can understand those things. Now, faith is the only and correct view of reality we know that this comes from the Christian perspective, then I must possess faith and exercise that faith that is described in Scripture that is given to us. There is no fate. There is no such thing as chance. Chance doesn't exist. It's nothing. How can nothing become something? Science says there has to be something pre-existent before there's anything else that comes out of it. But now they teach that there's nothing and then there's something incredible, isn't it? You know what? There's no chance in what we believe. It is all something that is reality, it's truth. And Christianity has the answer It's the only one that has the answer to pain, to suffering, to hurt. All those things that all human beings go through. And this alone is what really ultimately has the answer. There are band-aids that the world can put on. There are band-aids that other elements of faith can have. But ultimately, it's only in the person of Christ. That's how narrow Christianity is. So this is what we're going to look at today in the next few weeks. Something that really should keep us from doubt by knowing this this faith. And we're going to go through this grand, classic, amazing chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews before we get into another book. And I hope it will be rewarding for us all because I know too many people who cannot have the faith that a Christian has. And it's always been that way, but it seems like in the generation that we live in today, we're seeing this more and more and more. So many agnostics are so-called atheists. And here's the truth. And so we will look at that. Let's uh, grab our Bibles. Let's stand. Let's focus on the Word of God here. How do we know we have faith? Chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. Father, we thank you for your truth. It is relevant. It is relevant all the time. Past, present, on into the future, your truth never strays from exactly what it is. So as we Get the privilege of focusing in on how You describe what this faith is, Lord. Help us to understand this. Every one of us can be helped by this. Oh, that Your Holy Spirit would give us the understanding that the power of Your Holy Spirit would make this take effect in our lives even more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So how do we know that we have faith? How do we know... Well, we see in verse 1 here that really it's not a real definition here per se. I mean, it's close to it. Some people will use that word and I won't argue over that, but it's really more of a description of faith than it is just a straight definition of faith. What you have here are basic elements. There are elements or features here that describe faith. For a Christian... Faith is necessary. Um, Later on in in verse 6, it says, "...and without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe or have faith that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him." So we know a Christian uh, has to have faith. That's automatic. Um, What he's saying in verses 1 and 2 is here's how faith functions. Here's how it functions. This, this is how it functions in, in your life. This is real practical stuff here. If you are a Christian, you will be interested how faith works in your life. If you're not a Christian, you're not going to be interested in that. But if you are, you are. It's a, it, How does it function in my life? Well, it trusts God's promise. A blessing. Now, what we're talking about is eternity here. Because ultimately, that's really where this goes to we talk about eternity or something in the future we don't see that do we we don't even we don't even see the next hour we pretty well know what's going to happen but god could change that real quickly couldn't he like coming back for us hey let's go <laughs> but it's it's dealing with the unseen when you have faith it's something that you can't see it's 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 about the future. People want to see things. They want to see things that they can experience. Well, I do too. But faith goes much beyond that. Remember, we're just people, just growing up in the Lord, and we're just like little kids, and we want we want candy. You know, we want all the candy that we can get. Vegetables? Ooh, who wants that? Man, I got a Hershey's candy bar here. <laughs> I, I'd rather have that, right? And, and we want toys and stuff. But, you know, as you grow up, you realize there are certain things that are healthy for you that you need, that God has designed for you to take into your body. There's nourishment that we must have or we will pay for that. So, we're we're talking about the future is what we're investing in even though we don't see it. And so, sometimes people get disappointed because there's not things happening visibly in the church because there's not some amazing things that go beyond what we can imagine. And, and we just study the Word of God and we talk about that. And so therefore, it's not exciting because we don't see things. But we have to trust what God says in His Word. And He has promises, doesn't He? He has one promise after another. And that's what our faith anchors onto Promises. When you have promises, and you have a guarantee, it's laid down, it's the Holy Spirit says in Ephesians. Ephesians 1.13, a guarantee there. But there really isn't much we can really see here yet though. Uh, Still, in so much in the future, we trust God, we trust God for the food that we 're going to eat later today and so well i don 't really have to have faith on that because i 've got food in a refrigerator. <laughs> well, you know, a refrigerator and electricity could go out, you' go back, and then uh, everything is all wasted. <laughs> you know it could happen something like that, or later on by, the, by tomorrow, right. <laughs> But it's a belief, it's a trust. The word for faith in the Greek is pistis, and it means to have confidence, to have faith in, to trust. And so we are being exhorted here, as well as the readers in Hebrews, to have patience for these promises. Because, like Abraham and all the other saints, they looked to the city that was to come. They didn't get to experience that. And so therefore, it was st- it was a promise. It was just operating on those promises. That's what we're counting on, isn't it? So, he says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, my New American Standard says assurance, but I remember the King James Version and I think it treats that word very well. Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for. We have a challenge here, but uh, I don't think it's really too bad. I can see how these two words can go together. I'm saying substance or assurance. says
1: reality.
0: Reality. And you know what? That's not a bad translation at all because that's really where I'm hitting today. And that's really what defines this word here. That's a good translation. I think that's the Holman Christian Standard Bible. The HCSB. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, another guy here that has that translation too. Mr. Ed.
1: Okay,
0: Okay, here we go. Substance. I'm going to operate on the word substance. I'm going to take it that way even though I don't have it in my NAS. And if yours has... Assurance or substance, it's okay. They're, they're both good. Matter of fact, they both apply. And uh, uh, translators and, and writers, people who write commentaries, they all will differ with this or they'll use both words. And that's that's okay because, uh, one, uh, when you deal with assurance, it's dealing with the inward thought. The, you know, my own experience. Okay? And that's, that's Okay. And substance is really dealing with uh, objective reality, whereas the assurance is the subjective reality. They're both reality, though. And so the word substance here, and it just, I don't want to get too technical, but it, I think it can really help us all. Uh, you know, this is such an easy verse. We've read it all of our life, and, you know, yeah, I like that verse, but boy, you start taking it apart, and it's pretty amazing. Hupostasis is the word for substance. You've probably heard of the hypostatic union. Hupostasis means to, literally in the Greek, hypostasis means to stand under. To stand under. It means a sediment, a foundation, subsistence. Does any of those words grab you? You might like foundation. Reality. Or that which lies beneath as a basis. I like that one. That which is a foundation. That which lies underneath as a basis. Things that can be built on. It's the very essence. It's reality. So, if you take it by substance, it's an objective reality. If we take it subjectively with assurance, of things hoped for that is faith of an inward sense of assurance you're assured that your prom- the promises will be fulfilled it's done inwardly or it can be done outwardly as the substance of things hoped for uh, essentially we we see that it's saying something that's very close uh, it, it's reality it's really it's, it's something that is substantial Faith is substantial. Faith is reality. Uh, The present substance to something that is future. That's amazing. We're talking about eternity. There are people who would really rather not talk about eternity. For if you deal with eternity, then you're dealing with what happens to me after I die. People don't like to think that. They don't, And so they put it out of their minds. But the fact is, whether one's a Christian or not, everybody dies, right? So you really need to deal with that. Where are you going to be in the future? Future. Faith. Faith in the future. Faith in the promises. And that's what gives substance to your life. Now does that word substance help? Or even, as we use here, the assurance. Faith is the assurance or the substance of things hoped for. Hupostasis. It's the foundation, what I stand on. It's underneath me. Lies beneath as a basis. It's a sediment, it's a foundation. So, does that word help now? Hupostasis. Faith is the substance or the assurance of things hoped for. You don't have hope when it's right here. Oh, I hope I have a light. Well, why would I say that? It's there. It's on and everything, right? I hope when I get home today, there is some food that I can eat. I think there is. But sometimes it's hope can be some things in in the world today You can think of, I hope it happens. It's like, I wish, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, This is that biblical hope. Help us again. If you hope for it, it means, okay, I don't have it yet, but it's something that's going to be obtained. And a biblical hope is always something that we know will happen. So it is the substance of things hoped for. It's the foundation of things hoped for. It's altogether certain that it's going to happen. Hope in the Bible is never uncertainty. It's always certain. It's not wishing. It is going to happen. So, substance, foundation, reality, hoped for, that is certain, in the future... And we get into the next phrase. The conviction of things not seen. Now that's my new American standard. The conviction of things not seen. Uh, the, the King James will have the evidence of things not seen. And a lot of your translations will go ahead and go with conviction there. The word is elenkos in the Greek. This takes this thought now a step further. We're going to go up a step on this. It's the substance that becomes conviction. It's the the substance this founded, this reality that becomes conviction. You do not yet have in your possession the fulfillment of the promises, do you? God keeps providing for us. He's a providential God. But there are promises that we have not yet Obtained yet. Most of the rest of our eternal life, and if you're Christian, you have already entered eternal life. But the rest of our eternal life, especially when Christ comes back, will then be experienced. We're not experiencing now. Faith is the proof or the evidence, and there's that word there. Faith is the and that sounds strange. Faith thought you had to have evidence for faith. Well, you do. But when we go into the next verse, verse two, or verse actually verse three, then we'll see how that actually develops. It is conviction in our hearts. What would make you live against the grain of the things of the world? Things that you can see and touch and feel and things that rise up the senses. What would cause you to abandon everything for things you can't see? That's what one does when they are a Christian. They abandon the things of the world, the things of the flesh, the things of the devil for something they can't even see. But when you live by the world's standards, you're living for the here and the now. Things that you experience that you see. Do you see the difference between faith and then just living? Uh, less than abundant life, a conviction—things that have never been conviled, uh, fulfilled yet—it's a—it's a, a life. A, a conviction is a strong commitment. That's what conviction is. So, let's—faith is the assurance or the what? The substance of things hoped for. It's the conviction or the commitment of things not seen. Being committed to. Because of the revelation of God's Word, you know what results out of that? Action. We respond to the Word of God. When we hear the Word preached, when we read it, when we study it, we say, oh, that's really a lot of nice information. Then you set it down. And you forget all about it. It doesn't really matter. That was cool to read that. But it doesn't do anything to life. You know what? It's absolutely useless. It means that we are to now act upon that. And, and you're convicted sometimes by sin. And, and it points it out, and you go, oh, that's okay. I'll just keep doing that because that's part of my personality anyway. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just, hey, you've got to overlook me. I'm a Christian and I can go ahead and do that anyway. No. No. It means. Change it now. Now that's the now part. We're living in this sanctification time period. We're being set apart. And so when we're convicted because of sin, we say, okay, Lord, yeah, take that from me. Help me. I need Your power Your strength. Help me get on the right path in that area and that way of thinking, that attitude. All of those things. Don't just remain the same. You must change because that's what faith does. So it acts upon that. Because a substance, it becomes conviction. Does that make sense now? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance now becomes conviction, the action of acting upon these things, even though we don't even see them. I don't see God. So why would I want to be obedient to Him? I don't think He exists. He hasn't done anything for me. Mm. Christian or not, my, how He's done things for you, right? But He commands everyone everywhere to repent and believe in Him. It is acting on. It's faith put into action. Now, faith is the substance, the foundation of things hoped for and the conviction, the action of things not seen. And we're acting like we came from heaven. Because really that's our home. But it's a home we haven't seen yet. It's believing without physical sight. And that's what many Christians want. They want to see the miracles. The supernatural things. Because it excites us. And sometimes God can give a glimpse of that. I don't erase that. But that's not what our life is about from day to day. Because if it is, we're not living by faith. We're living by things that are seen. And that's easy to do. That's a Thomas kind of faith. You know what I mean by whenever I say that, right? Thomas had to see it. Blessed are the ones who did not see it. And they still trusted God. That's what the book is about. The whole book is about this. It's not a blind leap. say, well, you can't see it, then it's blind faith, right? I immediately think of the group back in the 60's. The blind faith. That would be a faith that is... what? Unreasonable. A leap of faith. But people don't do that who become Christians... It's because they have all this information. You remember the information that we got whenever we bought that iPad, right? All the information that led up to it and we just knew that it was at home. We had faith in that. Hadn't seen it. Jesus said in John twenty twenty nine, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Yeah. Oh, blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Once you have seen, it is easy to believe, isn't it? Real faith is believing without seeing. Boy, that goes against the grain of everything that's out in the world in my physical senses. God gave us physical senses so that we could see things, but yet He gives us a spiritual life that we do see things in the spiritual way. One day, we will see these things and experience these things. Yet, faith will remain. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest to these are love. 1 Corinthians 13. So faith will continue. We will continue to trust in God, won't we? God doesn't have faith. He doesn't need faith, does He? God is the reality in Himself. He's not trusting in anything else. He's everything that needs to be. right. He is the the one the all the self existent one so it's living on the basis of our convictions and that's how we we see this on the basis of our convictions throughout the rest of this chapter it's we we should be at a point of banking our whole lives upon one person, Jesus Christ. You're banking everything that you do and you think on this truth of Jesus Christ. If we're wrong, we are people most to be pitied because we're missing out on all the fun, right? Probably wrong because we see what that does to people. But yet, this is banking our lives upon promises and it's really for the ultimate hinge is the resurrection. Because that's what all the apostles who were willing to give their lives for because of this truth that they knew to be truth. They didn't see the resurrection, did they? They didn't see Him resurrect out of the grave, but He gave them plenty of evidence, didn't He? And then He showed Himself. And they went everywhere telling about the resurrection. Telling the good news. People were in their sin. They needed good news. Good news is that you can have life. Life more abundantly. It's because of the person of Jesus Christ who conquered death and hell and sin. The devil. Resurrection. That is it. Can a Christian... Be a Christian and not believe in a resurrection? That's absolutely crazy. That would not be possible. A Christian has to believe in a resurrection. I i remember, talking about faith here, I remember that I was talking to a missionary once and uh, had been on China several times. And there was this one young gentleman, college age, and they had given the gospel to him, and of course the resurrection was included in that gospel. But he said, "You know, I, I believe everything, but I can't believe the God, I, I can't believe in the resurrection. I just can't. That is so fairy tale. Somebody coming out of the life and um, out of death and having life. You know, have we ever seen that? Nobody's really seen that, have they? You know, how'd that happen?" So he could not believe that. Well, you know, she said, but you know, in my heart, I know he was a believer. And I said, excuse me? He has trouble with the resurrection? I, you know, in the Gospels, that was the heart of the Gospel. Everything hinges on that. If you don't believe in the resurrection, then what good is the death? What good is Him coming back? He, if He didn't resurrect, then He doesn't come back either. And He's, yeah, is He, is he God then? And so that young gentleman who had a, a brain thing here that was making him stumble, even though we use our brains, we are to do that, there's something that is real and truth that is presented. But it finally comes to point of, okay, my mind is getting in the way here. I have to believe this whether I can understand it or not. I believe in the Trinity. But can I really fully understand it like the way that God understands it? No, I can't hardly understand any of it. All I know is that the Trinity exists. And it is a major part of what Christianity is. There are certain things you cannot um, avoid to believe in. That's why we are to go and make disciples. Matitas, Learn. People learn. What do they learn? You go and make disciples by what? teaching the things of God to them. Start with the very basics. So, physical senses. Thomas had to feel the nail holes and the wound inside of Jesus. He he was looking at Him. Jesus had come through the the wall and and of course Thomas has arrived there this, this second week. Thomas saw, Thomas did believe but it was, was it fully the kind of faith that we're talking here? Not in the sense that we're describing when we're talking about putting not only in, in, a, in a past tense resurrection, but what is to come as a result of that. By the way, faith is given by the Holy Spirit, faith in God is. We know that there is evidence that is given in creation as we look in Romans chapter 1 where creation is pointed out. Creation is seen by people. In 1.19 he says, "...because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them." Everyone who's ever been created has had something put in them that there is a Creator God. You say, well, how do people become disbelievers in God? They just suppress that truth that they all have. Have you ever seen a little kid two years old? And some of the most simple things that they learn is God made that. Man, they have more better belief than most adults so it says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. This time he's talking about actually seeing, seeing with the eyes, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they didn't honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and the birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. You can look in Psalm 19, it talks about, you know, everything that is out in the universe, the sun, the moon, and the stars, they can see this clearly. They can go to the Grand Canyon, go to the Niagara Falls, just go to anything natural. And people go, wow, ooh, people pay thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, whatever, you know, to see the things of the world, the natural things, the wonders of the world. And yet, as evident as that is, they go, oh, that's pretty cool. It just came out of nothing. And God calls them fools. Mm-hmm. Faith is given by the Holy Spirit. Though Even though there is a natural sense, there comes a faith that is faith in God's Word. Faith in God's promises. Faith is logical. Faith is reasonable. Faith is certain. We don't go in blindly. No, we examine the evidence. We look at that. We look at these manuscripts. We see that He is a God that can be trusted in. Faith is grounded on the very Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God or the Word about Christ or the Messiah, Mashiach. Faith comes in hearing or reading The Word of God and taking it in, then. It's still going to be God's supernatural (coughs) work in us. So now that we can bring Him in, but we have a natural intelligence that things can make sense that would want us to make more searches in this if we still are doubting that. think of so many people who set out to prove that Jesus was a lie and the resurrection was a lie and these same people who are writers writers of books writers of in newspapers and such think of Lee Strobel the case for Christ he too was like many others of course you think of Josh McDowell and lawyer type people written books about the fact they went out to destroy Christianity and what happened as they looked at evidence it stared them in the face they were convicted there was a conviction now there was something they had to do with this truth this evidence which we do have so now the natural mind the natural thinking comes in with the thinking that God puts in (coughs) as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, that people can respond. When Paul brought the gospel to the Corinthians, verse 7, But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, For if they had understood, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God which no one knows except the Spirit of God. Spirit of God comes into us and now we know the thoughts of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom but in those taught by the spirit combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words there's your power there is now the connect our thinking god's thinking born again something came out of something it's gone we live by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians five verse seven. We live by faith every day, not by sight. I'd like to see some th- I'd like to see some answers to prayer, Lord. I'm going to choose to not believe you, God, until you, you get that prayer answered. I'm just going to disbelieve you. Uh, no, He says, trust me. Trust me. And I'll answer the way that I know how best. I'll trust you, God. I'll trust you. I don't see it. I don't even see this happening. I I don't have much confidence in this. I'm just gonna trust you, Lord. I have nowhere else to go. I'm gonna stand on this foundation. I'm standing on substance. I'm standing on reality. Reality that we cannot see. Have you ever heard of such a thing? A reality that you don't see, but you know that it is true and real as can be. Faith acts upon God's Word. 11 verse 2, For by it the men of old gained approval. The men of old? Old men. (laughs) Elders, some translation may have. Patriarchs. The godly saints. Saints of the Old Testament. And he'll be using that starting at verse 4. Starting very early on and going all the way through. Now, the Old Testament saints directed their lives by faith in the promises. They had a promise. Their whole lives were built upon that. They would move. They would leave a land and go to some place where they've never been. Don't know what to expect. Just leave it all and then go. Because God said leave. trust me. So we're going to go through some of the lives of the great men and women of the Bible: Abel, Noah, Enoch, Abraham, Moses, David. They all give a good testimony. People who saw things as God saw them, even though they didn't see. Proved by God. What's the idea? They are proved by God. Well. The idea here is that the actions of these Old Testament saints bore witness of their faith by their actions it showed their faith that's James isn't it in the book of James? You say you have faith, then show me your faith. so faith acts by the way, how about this? Faith works sounds opposite, doesn't it? because we know we're saved by grace and that not of works. It's a gift of right okay, how does this work? but it means after you're saved after you have faith now it does work and in that confession that we said earlier this morning that's what that's what happens is we have faith we trust in him now we are obedient trust and obey for there's no other way real faith reality real faith will produce a resulting faithfulness because it's the faith that God has put in us there will be faithfulness it is Going to be done, it will show. Okay? We go to number five here. How do we know God created? What he does, he says, okay, he puts us in hold. For by the men of old, you know, they gain approval from God. Okay? And we just explained that they're faithful. They showed their faith by their works. And so, and he said, okay, who are they? Who are they? Uh, well, he says, first of all, verse three, I, I want to help you out here. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God. Were we there? Does does anybody know of anybody that was there when God created? Of course not. That's stupid, Dennis. Was the evolutionist there? They say they have proof. Nobody can prove. We can't even prove creation because we cannot test it. We can't do a scientific examination upon creation. So therefore, evolutionists cannot claim that they have the evidence. They can use all the fossils they want. By the way, when they start using fossils, all they do is condemn their own beliefs. It's amazing how they try And So they don't use fossils anymore. They're warned, don't use the fossil thing. That doesn't make us look too good. Carbon dating? Oh boy, how oh, why that goes. But my point is here is that yeah, but how do we know God created? Nobody was there to see it. God was. He's the only one. What is it going to take? There are really only two ways you can go with this now. You can say it either came from God or it came from somewhere else. Right? Now the, the the evolutionists of our day, they say, you know, the big bang and everything, but then when you really stretch them out, they finally say, well, okay, everything had to come there was there was a demon. Now they wouldn't say a demon, but we would say that's a demon. That's how they're getting their information. But really what it is aliens some of the great number one bestsellers are secretly saying, well, I know something can't come from nothing. When you finally get them down to that and they say, well, it was an alien that caused it. (laughs) Okay, I'll go along with that. He's a foreigner. He's foreign to them. Who is that alien? I, I can tell you who it is. Tell you who that foreigner, that alien is. We believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Why do we believe such a thing? It's not because we were eyewitnesses, it's a matter of faith. That's the only way we can go with this. And so you either have faith that there's nothing, and that means something had to come out of nothing, which is absolutely ridiculous because where else can you ever see something? That comes from nothing. <laughs> that's what science really should be, and that's what they used to say when you study science. It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of believing that which we have not seen. And that's what he says. The conviction of things not seen. He said, okay, wait a minute. The two views. The, the universe obviously exists, Right? There's probably some ridiculous idiot out there who would probably say that there is no universe. There's really no universe out there. And really, this is not really earth. Well, okay, now we get into that kind of philosophy which is absolutely ridiculous. Either you believe God created or there's somebody else created matter. Pre-existent matter. They would say, well, it was pre-existent. Before there was creation, it was pre-existent. Can you please explain that? It was pre-existent. That means it exists, That means it was... It, it cre- None of us can go back and see the beginning. None of us can see that God created the world. But God has told us in His Word, by faith, okay, He's already explained, described faith, by faith, okay, because of this, because of this foundation and everything that has been given and the information, it's by faith, because nobody was there, that I'm believing this, that God created the world. And He created it out of nothing. Because something was here, that something is someone that is intelligent, amazingly intelligent. None of us can go back. None of us can see what God, how He created this. We can see what He created. But He has told us in His Word that He created. It's either that or, well, this is what I think. There, there's not a third view, there are no other options. That's it. It has to come from somewhere. So our belief in creation illustrates how faith operates. Remember, we were talking about faith as a substance of things hoped for. It's a conviction of things not seen. Okay, this faith then, how does it operate? By the way, that He created this world out of nothing, ex nihilo, out of nothing. The universe is not self existent nor is it a random occurrence of disruptions of the sun, where'd the sun come by, passing stars, ancient theories, all the fragments of exploding stars and starlight and gravity and everything just drove together and then gases form and such. And God goes way beyond that. Before there was any matter at all, in the beginning, God... Right. This is basic to us. It's so basic. Why? Is it that most of the world, I don't know, is it much as 90% that wouldn't believe in a Creator? I'd probably say so. Plato was a very knowledgeable philosopher, wasn't he? And anybody that studies philosophy knows and studies Plato. He even has a statement in, in the Timaeus in which he talks about the Father. Hmm. The Father, Plato. Father, hey, that's pretty good. We're getting somewhere. Um, Plato, I think, lived 450 years before Christ. Uh, he had some kind of a concept uh, of a father, and I put "father" in quotes because he used the term, but it really appears that he really didn't have a the concept of a father, a creator. He believed the in the eternity of some form of matter. That's how he explained it. A matter has always been here. He didn't really say God has always been here. Matter has always been here in the form of matter, called it the forms. So a lot of statements that he makes sounds like he really believed in God, as if he believed in divine creation. Ex nihilo, God created what we have about us out of nothing. He didn't necessarily believe that. So, Plato, in his own thinking, comes back with well, matter was always here before, pre existent. So, out of the invisible came the visible, out of nothing. And biblically, that's true. Because God is the one who made the matter to do that, it was not and it became. But Jesus has always been. So
2: we say, What's the matter?
0: What's what's the matter? <laughs> the matter We can only understand creation through God giving us faith. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the Word of God. That's ultimately where it goes. It's the Word of God. We're trusting in this Genesis account and all the rest of the Bible that talks about creation and everything else and the new creation. Where did matter come from? What's the matter? What's the matter? Increasing complexity of life? Really? Gaps in the fossil record? The dating methods are absolutely unreliable, that's right. The impact of the universal worldwide flood which is denied by the evolutionist, and yet it's all around us. What about the Grand Canyon, why? Why are there seashells found in the Grand Canyon? Today's modern science is fallible. It's changing. It's biased. Science is good. long as they go by the rules of science. Creation is a matter of faith. Whom are we going to tell? Whom will you praise? To whom will you look for help? The ones who have been created, born again, have a new creation, understand these eternal teachings. We said here today, if we're Christians, we don't have a bit of doubt on this, what at all. But if you have a doubt, start looking at this and see if it's truth. I would challenge you. And because of that, you better have a conviction then because he has made it clear that he is offering an invitation to all everywhere to repent to confess try uh, and confess and trust in Christ he is the very one we stand on god who created a beautiful earth that we have has an even better dwelling place for us These heavens and earth are going to burn up one day. He's going to take and give us a new creation in the heavens and the earth, just like He gave us a new creation as far as beings. We understand that by faith. So if you understand these things, you can thank God because of that. If you don't understand that, then my next challenge would be to trust in Christ, throw yourself on Him, examine Him, go to the book of John, start reading that, read Matthew, read books of the Bible, read it, pour into this, because if this is really true what I just said, it's an eternal matter, and one of these days you will die, and what's going to happen after that? Where are you going to go? Well, the Bible says there's hell. But if you've trusted in Him, it says you'll be with Him forever, having eternal life, having an incredible time with this great Creator, Sustainer, the God of Providence, incredible God. And so we praise Him. That's what, that's what we've done today. Father, we thank You for revealing these truths. The truth of creation the truth about faith, that we can believe in that. Believing the very words that are written on these pages. Something was written over the course of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years by 40 different men, different kind of jobs that they all did. Prophets, laymen, farmers... You used them to bring Your truth to us. And here we are today. We're, just, we're reading it, Lord. We're studying it. And for Christians, we're saying thanks. And if we're not a Christian, we're pleading. Trust in Jesus Christ. Thank You for the power of the Holy Spirit and Your Word today. Thank You, Father, for giving granting repentance and faith to us. In Your Son's name, Amen. I give you a blessing as the band comes up here. And we will be going out on this blessing. Lord, bless us and keep us. Make your face to shine upon us. Raise your countenance on us and give us peace. Lord, bless us and keep us. Make your face to shine upon us. Raise your countenance on us and give us peace. Shalom. Peace. Yeah. Oh. Keep us. Bless you. Thank you guys for coming out and having a great worship day. You are dismissed. (laughs)
1: Go there and express so like,
2: so <laughs> oh, right, mm. right, Yeah. Cool. I, no. know, I just Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How much money do you have? I I I have Because I can to finding the
1: right
2: spot. Now I have that. A play I me. it gets to be oh, yeah. oh, uh, you know, a because I have a I'm i to those. that. I'm i will going i i to i to Hey, I, 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 I did not think have it, it's just you so be you yeah. I didn't that <laughs> I didn't <pay> that. <laughs> I, <didn't pay> <laughs> I would go there, I would go I there I and make i go in there coming with know how i I am to I can't yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I can't to I well, what I I do I do is, like, I is, uh, I well, yeah, I do. you. That's yeah, yeah, no, All right. I can You're
1: all
2: right. You're moving around like almost All right. Yeah, <laughs> I really like, yeah. breather. So mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: just i <laughs> <are you> <laughs> cool. I don't know. <laughs> you <to> it cool. I
2: don't I don't know. Yeah. i Yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Why, especially if I get yeah. 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 i Yeah. 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 My favore uh, was like, e dicci ho ho Oh! ho up up ho 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 I ho 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 yeah. ho yeah. ho 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 Yeah, yeah. ho ho ho
1: ho 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 Yeah. 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 ho 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 Yeah. Yeah, ho ho
2: ho 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 Yeah, ho 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 yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. for do. You still play? Um, I've probably only played like four
1: times
2: in the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's funny, I ran into one of my own He was like, damn. He told me He decided to uh, <laughs> never heard uh, of oh, it? i guess i did never heard of it? wow wow no I'm sorry it. maybe in I like Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I just, I didn't, I didn't know. I think it was like a i Who needs, to hear this? <laughs> Play cross, cross, I turn to you. ready to do that anytime, anytime. Well, I went on YouTube, he said that, and that's what because I, I went on YouTube, and I, uh, they have um, the rock that was rolled away, and I turned to you, and you are on the wrong thing, so I I did, I turned to you, and the song was, the rock was rolled away, so I said, okay, well I'll try to try to rock it and run away, and it was like right you, <laughs> so so,
1: but he said you know, the play crosses yeah school. he's got some cool. cool yeah yeah we'll listen to
2: it uh, it'll be on either next
1: week or the weekend, okay so. all right i'm ready cool i'm ready, ready today, today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah That's how we get our song. but it's like i want to do this song uh, <laughs> we're like we gotta listen to it because we don't know we can do it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah there's kind of a couple songs here the hardest ones. So. <laughs> like, it's easy to sing, but so right, yeah, the exactly. instrumental part, there's a lot of like. Lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, there's, there's like some syncopated, like, uh, like almost off time. the like, kind of rain <laughs> yeah, good though. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty fun. It's
2: fun. And every time you learn like a bit or something, so it's more cool you Yeah. yeah. you learn another side you Remember really <laughs> <laughs> The good thing about the, the percussion is, pretty
1: much if it's like in a 4-4 or anything, if yeah. you got like the foundations here and the rest is just yeah. the tricks, the right. step off. Yeah, it's, it's learning how to play with the other instruments. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like to do is like, I'll have my beat, I'll have my part down, then I'm trying to listen to what everyone else is doing like accent that.
2: It makes a big difference. Yeah. Though. Like when somebody actually knows where to come in at and, right. and you don't you don't overplay, which is kind of cool too. A lot of people, you know, like, like for, for for sure for me when I was like
1: just really giving it to it, I'd overplay it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People are like, dude! Wow! Every song's not a solo. It's just like right, a right, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, I play I play bass like a week. I, I can see that's that. A bad thing. Yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, I've been just trying to keep it down. It used to be a lot worse.
2: You do, that. though, you do, you do like a lot of running bass. I, I I don't know. I'm yeah. a fan of that. Yeah. I, I think that adds like
1: a like flavor. Uh huh. So, yeah. I wish I, did, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you guys look like you know what you're doing. How's uh-huh. that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we tried. I guess uh, that's like, the trick. Yeah. It's
2: right? yeah. awesome sounds very good. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I, I'd probably better go figure out where I'm <coughs> everybody that I know is. Yeah. They might just leave me. I don't know. I guess they do, I do. <laughs> I'm willing to do it every other Sunday. Yeah. What he was saying is that the, the probability of what right? we can What we, right. we, yeah. we can do is that we can say, okay, here's some of the studies I will do in the future. And yeah. yeah. at the end of this lesson, we'll call it. Right. How does that sound? That was focused. That would be, awesome. be right okay. at the end of the time. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, the, the first
1: book that comes out uh, okay, later this year. So, okay, so... So I was able to, I did my Kickstarter. star okay. and I was able to raise sixty five hundred million Oh yeah.
2: yeah, So yeah, now, now I'm working on that. That gives you some kind of foundation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready to do? Yeah, This right. yeah. yeah. so what are we were going to talk about. No. Yeah. To 67 years, I was telling. You yeah, that, yeah. That's enough. Yeah. I, enough <laughs> man, man, I don't want to that. But anyway, you know, I'm, i hoping I, I believe that. I think Yeah, and you never know when you run into a setting like that. There's always gonna be somebody that's hungry. More- there